All right, so we're going to uh, to start at Exodus twelve three. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. That's a lamb for a family. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. So what they got to do is they got to get a lamb. They got to come in and get it ready for the family. But the whole family has to eat this lamb, the sacrifice, the Passover sacrifice, before the next morning. So if you don't have enough people to consume the lamb, then you get your neighbor and you get enough people to make sure you're following the word of God. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So they're preparing for the Passover in Egypt. The very first Passover that's going to secure their release from the Egyptian bondage. God tells them on the tenth day of the month, and he also says, and just in the verse before this, this is the first month of the year. This starts the... the uh, Mosaic calendar. So this is the first month. On the tenth day of this month going forward, they are to take a lamb, a first year male, healthy, strong, first year male, without blemish, and they are to have it in their house as part of their family for four days. Now what happens with the kids and the mom when they see a cute little lamb running around for four days? They become attached. God's intent was to make the family appreciate the sacrifice, love the animal, and grieve the lost. A sacrifice that costs them something is what he's going for here. A perfect sacrifice, a sacrifice that costs them something, is the, 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 the idea behind this. So the requirement for the sacrifice is, one, a perfect sacrifice without blemish that was required let's go to Leviticus 1 3 is if his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd let him offer a male without blemish again without blemish he shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord Requirement number two, offered of their own voluntary will. That is the requirement for the sacrifice. That is what God asked them to do. Now, I said that specifically as God asked because, A, it is not compelled. The requirement is for the sacrifice's uh, perfection. The sacrifice that must be given, that's the requirements. The requirement is not that you shall do it. The requirement is that it is a lamb without blemish, a lamb freely offered by the owner. That's the requirement. God only asks that you do this. God doesn't say you will. 
He's, if you notice, in the Passover, he says, I'm going to pass over those who listen to my word and put the blood on their door frame. He doesn't say, do it. He says, the ones who listen to me, the ones who do this, the ones who hear my word, they're the ones that will not be affected when the angel of death passes over. So the requirement for the sacrifice is that the lamb be perfect, that it is given of their own voluntary will, not that we take it and give it. Fascinating. God asks, he does not require. God asks, he does not compel. So last week I said something, and it got me thinking a little bit. I spoke of the death on the cross, and I said, the death is not the most important point there. But the sacrifice, freely given, a life freely laid down for you and I, that was the most important part. The sacrifice must be without blemish, Jesus was sinless, and must be freely offered. Now I'm going to say that a lot this morning, so get used to the repetition. God himself came to this earth, and he gave himself freely to this world as the sacrifice for our sins, that we might have a relationship with Him. Now, we might have a relationship with Him. He came, suffered, and died that we might. Not that He's going to make us, but that He's going to ask us our choice against His choice. He chose, do we choose Him? That's the question. The freely offered sacrifice is the most important part. The death was important, don't get me wrong, but it was not the focal point. When his blood spilled forth, when he was forsaken by the Father, that is when he cried, it is finished. When his blood spilled forth, he was forsaken by the Father. All the prophecy was fulfilled. Then he said, it is finished. He cried, it is finished. Then he gave his life up. The freely given sacrifice. Voluntary, without blemish. That was the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. He laid down. He gave up. He surrendered his all on that cross for us. Now you're going to say, well, duh, I knew that. But did you know that? We hear it all the time. We hear sacrificed himself for us. But do we understand what that means? Did you know that Jesus was escorted to the cross? He was escorted to the cross. They didn't carry him there. They were part of his entourage, his procession to the cross. The trial, Pontius Pilate, Herod, Barabbas, they were all sideshows. He was taken to Calvary out of his love, not out of their hate, despite what they intended. They merely walked with him to where he had to be. He had an appointment. He was going there regardless of them. Jesus paid it all. 
In the garden, he prayed for the Father's will to be done. Despite the cost, the pain, the suffering, the agony, he said, God, your will, and it was in that moment he chose to go to the cross freely, voluntarily, to die for us. The agony he knew he was coming. The pain he knew was coming. And he still chose to go through all that for us. He chose to be the voluntary sacrifice of the Father, the propitiation for our sin. He chose. He made the choice to be freely offered. God knew there was no other way except for He Himself to come down, live a sinless life. Man could not do it on their own. God so loved the world that He gave. He gave the sacrifice. He sent His Son to die on the cross. But the Son decided to lay down His life for us. He decided to go through all this. He chose to be the voluntary sacrifice. No man took His life. He laid it down for us. The birth matter. The birth of Christ. We celebrate it every Christmas. It mattered. But everybody loves the birth of Christ, the Christmas time, because it's, oh, God sent His Son, and He's wonderful, and it's great, and there's peace and all on earth and all that. That's true. But the death mattered. It did. He had to die. But the two things that are most inconsistent with what we know as humans, those are the two things that mattered the most. He freely gave up his life of his own free will that we might have life. We don't understand that because most people won't die for a family member, let alone a stranger. We as humans don't understand that. The second thing we don't understand that is inconsistent with everything we know is that he rose again. Without those two things, none of the rest matters. We are all born. We will all die. All of us humans, we will all die. We were all born. But Jesus, two things that the rest of us will never know until the rapture, resurrection, and dying for the sins of somebody else. That's inconsistent with us. We don't get that. We don't understand that, but he did it. Jesus came, freely gave up his life for a world that he loved. Then, on the third day, he rose again. He could have gone because the Father said so. He could have gone to the cross because God said go. He could have, but that would not have been the right way to do it. That would have negated the whole thing. The son had to freely lay down his life and go through the crucifixion, spill out his blood, fulfill prophecy. He had to choose that in the moment. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he chose to hang on that cross for us. The son had to choose. The father freely gave the Son out of love 
For only he could be the perfect sacrifice. Only he could fulfill the law and the love necessary to redeem mankind. Man chose spiritual death when the woman offered the fruit in the garden. God came and chose physical death that we might have spiritual life. Man chose death. God chose death to redeem us back to a spiritual life. When Jesus cried, it is finished. Right then and there, the work of salvation was done. Right then and there, the work of salvation was done. All the prophecy was fulfilled. The blood was spilled. The choice was made and freely given. But when he cried, it is finished, the work of salvation was done. Yet had he not been resurrected, then he would have been just another man. And the sacrifice would not have been enough. For only God can validate the sacrifice. God accepted the sacrifice. How do we know that? Because Jesus rose again. That's how we know that. God validated his son's death on the cross when Jesus rose again on the third day. Only God can accept the sacrifice and accept he did the sacrifice of Christ on that cross. So now let's look at another sacrifice. Romans 12.1 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In Romans 12, it talks of presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice to the one who came down, suffered, and died for us. To freely give our lives to the one that freely gave his life for us. A living sacrifice that we might be in the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Which is your reasonable service. What's reasonable mean? Reasonable meaning as much as is appropriate or fair. Moderate. That's what reasonable means. As much as is appropriate. Well, he gave everything for us, so what's appropriate to give to him? A vessel to be used. We are to give ourselves to be a living sacrifice, a vessel to be used, dedicated to his use, his rules, his way, his purpose. Because he came down and dedicated himself to redeeming us how can we do any less than to choose to live sacrificially on this earth for him? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Man in the garden chose death. Christ came that we might have life. God loved us so much that he gave himself as the perfect sacrifice for us. Is it not fair or reasonable to suggest we then, in turn, sacrifice our time on this earth to Him? That is fair and reasonable, isn't it? So let's look at verse 2 again. In the light of our reasonable service 
for this is going to tell us what is reasonable. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be not conformed. What's that mean? It means do not be made of the world. Do not fit into the world. Do not be in the image of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? By being in God's Word. By reading of Him, talking with Him, and seeking Him. We, remove, we renew our minds, not by ignoring Him, but by being under the Gospel preaching, reading His Word, and learning of Him. That's how we renew our minds. We renew ourselves in His image, and not in the sin nature. We were ruled by before we accepted His sacrifice. Let me rephrase that. We renew ourselves in His image, and not in the sin nature. We must not feed the sin nature, the, that which we were ruled by before we accepted His sacrifice. So our reasonable service for the sacrifice and love shown to us is that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, that we be not conformed to this world, which has done literally nothing for us, but has tried to destroy us, our families, and all that we know. That's what the world does. It destroys. God came and gave life. The world is merely death. That's it. I find this extremely interesting. For the gift, this gift of God, the only begotten Son, this gift of God was freely given that all might come to repentance. That is true. Yet here, the God of the Bible, the one who gave himself as that sacrifice, says it is our reasonable service to give our lives back to him. He says, everything I've done for you, it is your reasonable service to give your life back to me. To die to self, to live for him, does seem really reasonable after everything he did for us. Unfortunately, this does not fit into the modern-day definition of Christian. One who has eternal life, but still lives the physical life here on this earth as they see fit, not as the Father requests, as the one who redeemed them, as the one that they have become a servant to. The modern-day Christian wants to live however they want while getting out of hell free. That's not how it works. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove, and by prove, try, that what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We have to get out there and try, prove the perfect will of God, live it out through renewing our minds in Him. So again, God doesn't compel, nor does He force. And He could, He's God. He set the example of love and sacrifice. And he says, our reasonable service, or our reasonable love response for what he has done, is to present our bodies a living sacrifice.
That is our reasonable service.